In five, four, three, two. beginnings of a, a good podcast it, it always comes from uh being able to hear the host and it's a very important uh important part of a podcast so sometimes yeah welcome <laughs> to epi- welcome to episode 140 of santa mira after dark i'm jeremy and i'm steven this week we're trying to decide if i look like james dean because what are we talking about today and the answer to that guy was no. But <laughs> we are talking about Stage Fright from 1987, yes. also known as Aquarius. Yes. It also says Deliria, too. I don't know if that's a... I think that's... that's uh, yeah, Deliria, Stage Fright, Aquarius. Uh, also Bloody Bird. <laughs> so I like the name Deliria. Deliria. Did I say Delirious? No. Well, I feel like I could name something Deliria, whether it be a, an animal or a child. <laughs> an animal or a, a living a living human. Who knows? Yeah. I like it. I feel like I could call something stage fright. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, stage fright, get over here. <laughs> no, I, I, I like it. Like, imagine Aquarius. if that was like... Like Maybe. the name of like, I I feel like that'd be like the name of like a a scared dog would be like stage fright. Uh, like if you just had like a, a dog that was like always scared, kind of like my dog. His name's Ollie, but oh yeah, he could be stage fright. Yeah, I like it. But uh, yes, uh, stage fright directed by Michael Suave, and I actually had to look up how to pronounce. It. I had to look up how to pronounce his name before we recorded because I did not uh I did not know how to how to say it. Yeah, this is actually our first delve into the giallo genre. Uh are you familiar with the term giallo? Is that just like stage? <laughs> no, it's so I, I guess it has like a um couple different definitions. Apparently it's um the term giallo is technically a murder mystery like it it it's the italian definition of like a, mur- a murder mystery mm-hmm. but um it's an, ele- it, it an seemed, elegant murder mystery yeah and it seems like kind of got hijacked into 
kind of just becoming like a term for Italian horror. But, uh-huh. you know, technically, I guess the term giallo does kind of match the movie that we're talking about today. Um, but movies like Suspiria have adopted the giallo title, I guess you could say. Oh, okay. But um, like Dario Argento, who directed Suspiria, he's probably the most um, recognizable giallo directors. But uh, Michael Suave was an wow. assistant director on a couple of Dario Argento's films. Uh, he was involved in movies such as Tenebrae and Opera, which are two phenomenal Jalo movies. I'd put that high on your priority list if you haven't seen them. So, yeah, Stage Fright was actually the first movie that he directed solo. He was an assistant director with Dario Argento, among other people. Okay. But yeah, um, I had to clear my throat for a second. But yeah, um, this is uh, his, his first feature-length film, and quite impressive, if you ask me, for this to be his first uh feature-length film, like, solo, you know? Because uh-huh. what what kind of brought this episode on was I was, uh, you know, every, like, I don't know, it's, it's like clockwork. Like, I, I visit the Giallo genre annually. And, you know, I was like, uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, you know, test the, the Giallo waters. And I came across this movie. And the picture of the owl is what sold me. And that kind of like deterred you away, if you remember correctly, a few weeks ago, when we teased that this would be an episode. Uh Because the owl, on on Letterboxd, there's a picture of the owl like jumping on stage, and it looks ridiculous. But in the the context of the movie, it's actually very great. It's just a show going on. Yeah. Although there is an owl kind of jumping around and everything, so it is in terms of the play and it is in terms of uh, reality, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, before we delve into this movie a little bit, uh, would you like to give a brief plot description on Stage Fright? Uh huh. It's about this group of stage actors rehearsing for a production and they are locked in this theater. And there is a killer that escaped, and he is also locked in the theater with them, wearing an owl mask. Yes, an owl mask from the production. Yes. Um, I guess we'll get into our spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll delve into spoilers. But uh, just spoiler-free thoughts. What did what do we think of Stage Fright? It's like a, it's fine. It's like a good '80s horror movie. Okay, I am thinking that this is more than fine because there are like a few slasher movies that I have come across that I like really love and I could watch almost uh, any day of the year. And uh-huh. uh, two of them I discovered this year. One was previous episode Intruder. Uh, I, I fell in love with that movie as soon as we watched it. And the other one would be this movie. And yeah. I think I like Intruder a bit better. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it is, but 
I love this movie, and it's probably my in my top five or ten favorite slasher movies of all time. Um, oh. I have a letterbox list, and it's like loosely ranked in the middle. But um, you know, I have ha- Halloween. Obviously, is my favorite. I'm biased toward that movie. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, uh, Black Christmas, Scream, It Follows, and Stage Fright. And I would put this up there with most of those. Like, I don't think it's like a perfect film or anything, but I think it's yeah. great. And and yeah, I just have like a blast with this movie. I think it's um, both hilariously stupid, but also like fun and enjoyable and just amazing. And I put this in my letterbox review. I put that this movie makes me feel alive and not many movies can do that, but stage fright makes me feel alive <laughs> and, and, and fills an empty void inside of me that I've been looking to fill for years. So. Interesting. So yeah. Uh, thank you. Stage fright. It's like just, just the kill, the killer owl thing is uh, like a, a unique slasher villain. And he's kind of like, almost like Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie where he isn't essentially a supernatural villain. It's just like an escaped mental mm-hmm. patient. Like that, that's all he is. And, yeah. you know, I think those are probably the scariest and most realistic slasher villains. Um, you know, same with the strangers, like ones that are very grounded in reality. And like this movie does get over the top a bit and, you know, it, it, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief, but I think it's, um, you know, I, th- I think it works. Uh-huh. And there are, there are a few like kind of nitpicks I have, like I texted you about the very ending of the movie. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in the spoiler section, but, um, yeah, there's a kind of a, just a brief kind of dumb thing at the very end that I wanted to talk about, but we'll get there. Yeah. I didn't really like the ending that much either i love the setting of the movie i love the idea of it set in the theater yeah like the same thing with uh intruder like it's it's a unique location to have a slasher movie i will say this one this one's done a little bit better in the sense that intruder looked like it was not at a store until you're inside yeah, and it, it's funny you say that because we talked about this in the Intruder episode, but they actually filmed that at a real grocery store. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, it it looks like a factory on the outside of that building, <laughs> but here it's actually like a, you know, it looks like the outside of a of a stage or a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how it originally starts out as like a kind of like sleazy director uh, named Peter who is um, kind of like, I guess, obviously in it for the money, but like willing to exploit his actors and like a a real tragedy that actually happens. And like the character of Peter, like obviously you're not supposed to like him, but he's like that that like bad character that you like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
because it's like he he's just so stupid, and he has like yeah, this I'll, sleazy. I, I, go ahead. He is a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has so these like sleazy. When I saw him, I was like, "Oh, okay. I like him." <laughs> oh, so so you thought he was like attractive, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um. Did did that kind of like uh, progress over time, or did it? Uh, were you like, oh, I, I like his uh, sleazy mind, and I like his sleazy ideas. I was drawn to his physical appearance. But but what I'm asking is like, did his kind of like mindset? Did it like deter you from liking him, or you know, no. did you uh, <laughs> kind of find like kind of kind of find like attractiveness in his sleaziness? Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but um, th- there's even the part where we like all, they're rehearsing. We all like a we all like a bad boy. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's even like um, he talks about like I guess he has like a a rape scene in his play, and he mentions like what if the the girl uh, raped her rapist or whatever or something like that. And it's just like, it's like, or what if we just cut that? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how about we just don't have a rape scene in this film or in this play? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be better. But he does get what's coming to him and that's great. But but yeah. Yeah. What I guess one thing I don't like is the characters kind of teeter on like being like great, but it's also like they kind of just blend together and the names they are do, even they do blend good. together and then there's this issue where they have wigs on when they're in character and then when they're playing the character that they're not playing, but the character they're playing in the movie, they take their wigs off and then they look different. Yeah, I like the past had like Ten extra people. <laughs> well, it's weird because they originally had more people, but the director sent a lot of them home and was like, "I'm going to keep six I'll send people. all the extras home." Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's like uh, Alicia is the main girl, or they call her Alice for short. Um, she's like when we're introduced to her, she's wearing a wig, I believe. And then it's like the next time you see her, it's like you don't even realize that it's the same girl because she looks yeah. different. And I was like, oh, she kind of gives me Lady Gaga fame monster vibes. Because we see them at the beginning and they were like, I have these wigs on and stuff. I was like, oh, she has that short blonde wig. Kind of reminds me of Lady Gaga or somebody trying to dress okay. as Lady Gaga for Halloween. <laughs> she was uh, 20 years ahead of her time. Yeah. And uh like like even Brett, I guess, he's the one who wears the owl mask at the beginning of the movie. And they briefly show him with the owl costume off, but then it's like by the time everyone's together and the movie's moving along, it's like you finally see him without the mask and it's like, wait, who is this guy? Yeah. And we have a scandal with that guy. Oh, we sure do. Sure do. Um, yeah, 
So we, it's funny because we got two scandals going on. We got the sleazy director, and then we got Brett and his girlfriend. Uh, which one is his girlfriend? Oh, Sybil is his girlfriend. Sybil. Okay, Sybil. Yeah, Sybil is his girlfriend. And Sybil is pregnant. And um, they play it off at first as they just say that she's positive. And it's like, okay, well, what the heck does that mean? Does she have like... <laughs> positive she, for... Is she what? positive for... Does, does she have HIV? Is that what's going on? <laughs> but, but no, it is not. Um, later on, they mention that she had um, an abortion previously and now it's i guess this time they're planning on keeping the baby and becoming famous and whatnot so you know kind of a, a controversial uh controversial character in this film is is sybil because she uh -huh. is a pregnant woman woman who ultimately uh meets her demise you know kind of a controversial yeah. Controversial addition to this horror film, you uh, you know you don't see that often. So kind of ballsy for them to add a pregnant woman into the movie and then uh, have the woman killed off. You don't don't see that too often. Uh -uh. All right, so I guess we're already in the spoiler section. So I'm just gonna play the drop real quick and we'll be on our way. Not safe, bitches got a lot to say. Now that went through. I picked up that voice. Uh huh. I heard most of that one. All right. So we start off with like probably the classiest credits I've ever seen huh. in a horror film. <laughs> you know, it's just like some white text over a black background. But you kind of you kind of hear footsteps, you hear like it sounds like someone's being drowned in water actually. Um <laughs> you hear a cat <laughs> meowing yeah yeah the cat i thought it was just like a sound effect but then the cat's a literal character in the movie the cat is a vital character in the film uh, yeah the cat is named that is named lucifer and uh -huh. yeah so i have to ask were you duped by this like fake beginning i thought maybe it was gonna be like a like an Asteroid City type movie. Okay, explain. Where it lo looks like it's on a set, but like the whole movie takes place on this set. Oh, okay. That or kind of like, kind of like um, Little Shop of Horrors too, because it looks like a stage set, but the whole movie's taking place in like the city, but it's like it looks like it's on stage. Yeah, I mean that would have been interesting. Yeah, that's I'd what like I to thought. See, I'd like to see a horror movie go for that. I don't know if there are any, but yeah, um, I think I thought that this was like a, uh, a, a a real murder because so what happens is there's like a prostitute on the street, and you know how like the beginning of the burning they show, mm -hmm. uh, like in the town or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, technically, the very beginning is in when the the guy gets burnt, but you go into like the city and show the killer like years later removed from whatever the heck 
is going on in that. But I thought that's kind of what it was, is this was like the beginning of what ha- what's happening. And this is like the... Um, like the like the first kill, I guess, because because I I knew that this was a um like an escaped killer situation, so I thought this was like his first kill, and then he was gonna get locked up, and then he would escape. But mm-hmm. but no, this turns into a <laughs> fant- fantastic musical number. And uh, what are your thoughts on this musical number? It's great. It's like this yeah. owl jumping on stage and they're like confronting him in the form of dance because it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to kill 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 this prostitute in the form of a dance and then they like dance around him and try to like stop him and whatnot. Um, I noticed there's, I, th- I think it's in the opening scene, um, somebody throws like a dummy in the air and... Mm-hmm. It just falls and like smacks the floor, <laughs> and I thought I thought it was an actual person. <laughs> or it was supposed to be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe this is our first kill, but no, that that didn't happen either. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Peter, the director, like we learned that he's uh, like kind of a, uh, a jerk to say the least. He wants uh, the main girl Alicia to act more like a whore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it isn't Alicia. Like I said, the characters are wonky, but whoever this, whoever's playing this prostitute, he wants them <laughs> to be a whore. <laughs> and in touch with your whore side. Yeah, and but how? <laughs> I guess I guess there's like an erotic angle to this story that hasn't been uh, quite fulfilled to the director's uh, standards yet, and. Yeah, it's uh he was weird. looking for an erotic thriller, but everybody else was like Oh, we thought this was a regular thriller. <laughs> like, yeah, we could we could we could keep this a slasher. It doesn't have to be erotic. <laughs> but yeah, it's like this director has just like these weird ideas, like we already said. Like he is like, Well, what if the girl rapes her rapist and it's like What if we I don't, don't do it? <laughs> Like, especially in a play, like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know how you would. Um, yeah, his even... um, director career would be over. I haven't seen many plays in my life, but. Ironically, I go enough, to a mat- we're going to one this weekend. In two days, we're going to see Evil Dead the musical. I'm but, um, yeah, but. Speaking of not classy yeah. plays. <laughs> Well, speaking of of uh, rape, I wonder how they're going to do the the tree thing. Oh, yeah. You know what's what's cool about Evil Dead musical is mm. a- apparently it's Evil Dead one and two it, like mixed together. Yeah, and you have not seen Evil Dead two, so this is going to be your first uh, delve into Evil Dead two is to see it in. Uh, Musical form, with I uh, without confused. I mean, it, it's essentially a funnier remake of Evil Dead. So I don't think you'll be, I don't think you'll be lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, you'll be able to follow the story. It's not like it's layered or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my first look in Evil Dead too. Maybe I'll see the movie after. Yeah, 
because I remember over the summer we were talking about. No, it was back when Evil Dead Rise came out because I I watched uh, the first two Evil Dead movies prior to that, and I asked you if you were going to watch the second one, and you said you were going to wait until you saw the musical, and then a couple months later we discovered that they happened to be uh, coming to Pittsburgh. So, uh-huh. so we also learned that this director is sleazy because he says, uh, and I quote. There are some people who like to fondle the dancers' asses backstage, and some people who like to see the asses in the blaze of the spotlight. So, I I don't know how to take I don't know how to take that because he's saying like they like like some people like to fondle them backstage. Is he implying that he would just rather see them like exposed in the spotlight? Does he does he does he see himself as protagonist because he's like I'm not fondling these women I'm just making them exposed on stage uh maybe <laughs> I don't know it, 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 it it's it's weird um so uh the the night owl I guess was a male prostitute question mark uh-huh. I have that in my notes how does that even come up in the movie I forget I just ha- I just have in my notes the night owl was a male prostitute question mark and how does one pick up an owl i mean for, for I don't know. are are they implying that the night owl like doesn't wear the guy mask, the mask. It, yeah like the, would, the guy unless unless you want him to have the mask on he might do that but there's a uh, some people out there that might uh might like that but we uh we don't judge we don't. here we're very very accepting of uh you know if if you like your partner to wear an owl mask and so do i oh i mean okay i mean i mean <laughs> no <laughs> i mean i like that for i mean <laughs> i'm i'm encouraging you to to like whatever you like out there you know as long as it's legal and i would say leave animals out of it <laughs> very very important very important addition to that sentence, and I thank you for that. It has to be legal. <laughs> <laughs> and no animals. Well, that's illegal too, so that checks out. So uh, we learned that uh, Alice has uh, her, her purse was stolen, I guess, and she um, or I guess, I guess they have like a musical rape scene going on where uh, Laurel is caught kind of making out with a guy prior to this play. So they're they're rehearsing, obviously, and I guess she decides now is the time to hook up with this guy. You know, and might as well like, have tensions are in the air. Well, that that's true with the way this uh, director is uh, kind of establishing his his play. I guess, you know, um, might as well be. Whatever's going on in the play. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because, well, I, I guess it's not funny. Laurel has to like leave this like makeout session that she was just exposed from, and then she is pulled into a musical rape scene. And you know, like I said, it just has to be some of the most uncomfortable play experience that I could think of. Would be to uh-huh. have to have to sit through a scene like that. With just hundreds of people around, it has to be horrible. Yeah, 
So Alice has uh, twisted her ankle. Uh, she sneaks out. They get Willie, the uh, his name's Willie, right? Willie, the security Willie guard. Dead. I think so. Or is, uh, or is, uh, yeah, Willie is the one who lets them sneak out. He plays the security, or he's the security guard. Uh, he lets them sneak out. Uh, Alice and Betty go to a mental hospital to have Alice's sprained ankle checked out. So I guess you can just wander into, uh, you know, kind of any medical Ooh. facility and expect them to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So th- th- this was weird because I don't understand that they. This is the part where they show Irving Wallace, who is the killer. Um, and this is where it kind of gets iffy if this is a Jalo or not, because you know who the killer is the entire time. Uh-huh. Um, so he sneaks out like he he's here like under arrest or something because he uh is being tried for a previous murder and he decides to sneak out of here and go to the uh the theater so one how does he know where these girls are going like i don't think he really overhears them talking about a play Uh -uh. like is this just his like i don't know i think he likes the theater because he was a part. Oh, he's just. <laughs> he's. He, uh, so he's just like kind of whatever is going on at the theater. I'm gonna go there and kill whoever's there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it. Um. So I like how this like nurse is like we can't deal with sprained ankles here. This is like a strictly, strictly a uh, psychiatric hospital. But then this doctor. Is like you know what? For a couple cute girls, I can I can look at a sprained ankle. I can figure it out myself. And kind of just gives her like the most basic instructions, just like, all right, here's some pain medicine, and stay off of it. Yeah, and she did all this unauthorized because back at the at the theater, Peter is furious. Yes. She... Uh, <laughs> go ahead. He's furious that she left to go and get painkillers for her injury. Yeah, they just so happen to like skip ahead on scenes because the the rape scene wasn't erotic enough for the director. So he's like, all right, we're moving on to to Alice's scenes, and obviously she's not there. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, it it's cool when they leave the the mental hospital, they like show the, um, they show Irving Wallace's room and he is like not in the bed anymore. And there's a nurse there that ha- is like stabbed in the neck. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Cause you don't really know what Irving Wallace looks like. You just kind of have to rely on knowing what the nurse looks like. <laughs> oh yeah. She was like, Oh look, that must be Irving Wallace in there. And it was the blonde nurse that we saw go in there. Yeah. So I have in my notes that uh, prior to this, Irving Wallace was an actor who killed 16 people. So, you know, apparently the murder spree that we see isn't even the most egregious of his crimes. This is the second biggest one. So 
I think we're missing out on. Maybe we need the the prequel to see what Irving Wallace did prior to this. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, we need it. Yeah. So there's a scene where or need it. I mean, I I always need it. I I am dying for like a modern remake of this thing. It's funny because I uh, I went to. Uh, try to do our artificial nightmares segment yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, give me a cast for a remake of stage fright. And the actors that it gave me, this movie would, would be costing like $400 million because <laughs> it's like, it's like Tom Holland, Jennifer Lawrence, Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, just to get Tom Holland, this movie is more expensive than, uh, the original was. <laughs> yeah, he seems very selective with roles. You've had to yeah. pay him a lot. Yeah, Tom Holland only picks uh, bad movies to be in. So, <laughs> bad movies and Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I, I saw that his uh, like TV series where he plays that gay guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I saw that was getting terrible reviews, but then later I saw people saying that it was really good. So I don't know if like the bad reviews come from the homophobes out there or mm-hmm. if it, if it was actually getting bad reviews, people like started that liking was only it. One scene, though. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, I, I saw people saying that like he actually does a good job in that. So I don't know. He probably does. Good in- I know he's good in um, The Devil all the time. That movie on Netflix with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Like that that movie's good. Other than that, it seems like he just picks bad stuff to be in. (laughs) Amy Adams (laughs) does the same thing though. She picks uh, she picks some bad some bad roles. Mm. So I guess um, your um Dreamcast. Oh, well, I didn't even I, save it because. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I I could pull it up because. Uh, no, Chad I was GPT. trying. I was trying to make my own Dreamcast, and I gave up. <laughs> Here's the cast. So. All right, so, I guess it created its own characters, in some parts because of the character named Jennifer, who I don't remember in this movie, uh, played by Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Uh, Pete Peter, the stage director, is played by Tom Holland. So it's funny how they have <laughs> the oh, youngest, okay. the youngest looking actor on this list, is playing the uh, <laughs> playing the the oldest one. That's interesting. I could see it. Uh, uh, Alicia is played by Emma Stone. Uh, there's a character oh, named I- Roger. Roger is played by Mark Ruffalo, who plays uh, the Hulk. Oh, so this uh, is Artie. literally turning into Marvel. Marvel the stage play. We're, uh, well, wait till you hear this. Artie is played by Chris Pratt. <laughs> uh, Birdie is played by Meryl Streep. Uh, okay. Corinne Cor- Cor- is played by. Sayors Ronan? I don't even know who that is. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up. 
Uh, Candy is played by Zendaya. Uh, Willie is played by Bill Skarsgård. And the detective is played by Brian Cranston. <laughs> no, that one's not bad. Um, what a waste for Bill Skarsgård to be the security guy <laughs> and not the guy oh. playing the owl. Oh, um, the name I didn't know how to pronounce is the uh, the main girl from Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, among other things, uh, she's he's in uh, French Dispatch, Lady Bird, and such. But yeah, the cast. Speaking of Asteroid City, the cast feels like a Wes Anderson movie, where it's just like a bunch of like famous actors thrown into this thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> e- either. Either Wes Anderson has to make this so that way everybody takes a pay cut, which is how they he gets his cast together. Uh-huh. Like the cast of Asteroid City is like crazy <laughs> and everybody takes a pay cut. Um, or this movie is going to cost like 400. <laughs> or this movie is going to cost uh, $400 million. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that um, Wizard of Oz remake that was going on TikTok because they asked AI and they casted Kevin Hart as one of the dwarfs <laughs> and James Corden as the cowardly lion. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. AI is just going to pick a bunch of like most famous actors currently <laughs> and just yeah. throw them in your movie. Um, so what were some of your fan cast as as the, your stage fright remake. Well, Micah Monroe was going to play Laurel. I had um, Neil Patrick Harris playing Brett, the guy with the um, with the owl mask. You put Micah Monroe could... in, in in anything, and yeah, it, it's already also, four stars from me. I didn't get too far. Because once I realized that that character was somebody that I also casted as Doja Cat. <laughs> oh, you you casted this uh, the same character twice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, Lady Gaga could play the girl that looks like her. Because <laughs> I thought it was like a minor role because I couldn't see Lady Gaga doing a slasher movie. Well, she did do American Horror Story, so who knows. You know, if if it's classy enough like this, the classiest of slasher films, mm-hmm. this movie, um, if it's classy, I could see her doing it. Because she was arguably in the classiest season of American Horror Story. Yeah. Get uh, Kim Kardashian in here as well. Am I right? Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. I like it. What's funny is... They make it a point in this movie to say that all these actors are struggling. And as so, so Betty dies. Uh, we're pretty much at that part. Betty dies. They make it a point to say that um, she or that everybody in this movie needs to uh, cooperate and do what the director says because everybody is struggling for work. So we're supposed to believe that, like Kim Kardashian, who you know has the plastic surgery to make herself look like Kim Kardashian. We're supposed to believe that that person has no money and hmm. is struggling for work. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so... I, I So our first kill, which is uh, is Betty, I like it because it's uh, like a, a pickaxe to the mouth. Like, you don't even see any blood, but it just feels like brutal and... The other end of the pickaxe is also gone. Yeah. Did, so, was it like inside she of her mouth? And like, okay. Because, yeah, like she falls down and you kind of just see the, the one end of the pickaxe just all the way in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, the shot of him... So, the, the uh, Irving Wallace is in the car and he, like, sits up. And it's weird because... He like sets up, but he's facing the other way, mm-hmm. and that's that's how it's revealed that he's actually here. And anyway, he kills her, and then uh, Lucifer, the cat, is kind of hanging around this murder scene, and like the cat uh, of happens, death, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So. Uh, it, it's revealed that Alice lost her leading role to Sybil, I believe. And she's upset, so she goes to leave, but then discovers a uh, uh, discovers Betty's dead body. So it's it's hilarious how, like, it happens twice in this movie. It seems like the media, just at the drop of a dime, will just <laughs> be at this theater and or like any murder scene and just like take pictures and interview like the victims and whatnot, or like anyone that experienced any type of trauma over this. It's just (laughs) hilarious. Yeah. Um, Like it's like the paparazzi is here. Um, they do it at the end of the movie too, which is funny, but, um, so this is where Peter really gets his, uh, Balls in a bunch, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, he decides that they are changing the name of the killer from the Night Owl to Irving Wallace. And this is after the murder already happened. <laughs> like, literally, so, two minutes later. Yeah, because he he tells this one character, who is pretty much just like the bookie who handles the money. Um, he's like, I want you to, to keep all the main characters here everybody else home gonna take advantage of um like murder that happened here we're gonna take advantage of it we're gonna profit off of it it's gonna be amazing I'm like this just happened <laughs> like you're not even yeah. letting letting anything sit yeah so nowadays they were just a documentary on netflix but he <laughs> he's like we're doing a play it's right now about it but it's like how how profitable does he think this play is going to be? Because I I don't know what town this is supposed to be in, but I kind of wish they would have established something that like maybe he's a big name or used to be a big name, but he hasn't had a hit in a while or something like yeah. that. Like like that'd make more sense. Mm-hmm. But but they kind of just act like they're literally all nobodies, and this is just them trying to find success. Yeah. So maybe like if like you... this is their first shot. Yeah, it's like they've been trying to find work for a while. Like none of them are known, and this is their only shot. 
So, you know, maybe if like he was a, a big name play director or something, it would um, it, it would make more sense for him to kind of push this thing and be like, all right, this is my last chance. Uh, like like Ethan Hawke's character in Sinister, like he previously had a successful book and is working hard to find success again. Like that's something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what that reminded me of. I was like, didn't I just see yeah. something about that recently? Yeah, that was that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Peter gets uh, Corinne to lock the door and hide the key, and I guess they're having uh, police officers sit here for the night to kind of guard this place. And I don't know. This is a a weird cop situation that reminds me of like Halloween Five or cops in. Uh, the first uh, Halloween from 2018, like the first sequel. The, oh yeah, it's it was like, like just like the scene from Halloween 2018 where they were talking about food. Yeah, because it it's like <laughs> it was like almost the, the same scene. Yeah, it's like the wife packed him food that he didn't like because it was healthy or something like that. Yeah, like they're just and they're the just bickering about it. It's funny because. People complained because that movie was too much of an homage to Halloween 5, but that scene feels like an homage to Stage Fright more than it does Halloween 5. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the uh, um, Halloween 5, they were playing cards or something. Yeah. And having clown music follow them everywhere they go. Yeah. Well, this even predated Halloween 5, so... How about mm-hmm. them apples? Speaking of uh, predating Halloween 5, this episode predates our Halloween 5 episode coming in a couple weeks. It's exciting. Much anticipated. Mm-hmm. People, are, people are counting down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, I have my notes now. Sybil's pregnant. Uh, they previously had an abortion. And that plot is now out the window. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> like, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't like, this is literally the end of it. Like, I don't think it's brought up ever again. Mm-mm. Like that would have been a good character arc. Like she has to live cause she's pregnant, you know, but yeah, the eighties did the thing where they only let one person live. Yeah. Or like, you know, the, they're treating uh, Alice like the final girl, I guess. You know, yeah. maybe maybe Alice takes it upon herself to save Sybil, too, because she knows Sybil's pregnant. Something like that. Well, so, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, she just leaves the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is the first time that uh, Irving Wallace is like kind of uh, stalking the crew, I guess. He um, follows uh, Laurel into the, like, the, the dressing room, and she's in like one of the, uh, the stalls or whatever. And it's funny because everybody blames Brett just because he's the one who's playing the Night Owl. Mm-hmm. And, um, Isn't the you know, Brett, has... Brett the one we thought was gay? Yeah, he was. Um, 
He's the one who has uh he he's uh the father of uh Sybil's unborn child. And I don't and... buy it. <laughs> so I mean I don't like to judge. No. I don't I don't like to make assumptions. But you know, I- explain. <laughs> yeah, you, you have you have more of a a a past to discuss this than I do. I don't know, he just fit every stereotype. And I thought that the movie was going that route because, you know, they say that gay people are more into theater than straight people would be. And he's playing this character. So I was like, oh, he's in theater, so he's gay. And then we find out, oh, he has a kid on the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, But also, I know people that have kids that ended up being gay later in life anyways. Yeah, I mean, you know, different time. Yeah, things things happen. So, you know, who knows? But I was just startled. I was like, oh, plot twist. (laughs) It's funny because we both thought this and we didn't even watch it at the same time. But we both Mm -hmm. had this. (laughs) We both had this idea that Brett was gay. But yeah, I don't know. It, It seems that way. It's not. I guess he's killed. But yeah, <laughs> uh, he's killed off screen, isn't he? Um, wasn't he taken off screen and like captured? Because yeah. Peter, Peter killed him later, thinking he killed the killer. Oh, OK. I thought he was already dead when they start slamming the pickaxe into him. <laughs> so he goes to yeah, he goes to stab him and he's like moving. He's like, wait a second. This guy's tied up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I guess Corinne was the one who had the key and she's the first one killed here because she gets stabbed. Um, this is talk probably about, talk about the most unorganized group of people. Probably one of my favorite. Situation. Yeah, probably <laughs> one of my favorite kills, but like no one here knows how to deal with anything <laughs> at all. I'm surprised. <laughs> they, I, I'm surprised they could even run like a functioning play. <laughs> Because, yeah. because so I don't know that the director Peter thinks that you know the, the killer's supposed to come out here. He thinks that it's uh, uh, Brett, I believe, but turns out it's Irving Wallace who is doing like he's just wearing the costume. But instead of pretending to kill Corinne for the play, he pulls out a knife and starts stabbing her. So it's like a real. <laughs> Everyone knows it's real. Multiple people even oh, yeah. say, "Like, like, hey, that's not Brett. That's that's the killer." And it's, it's like they all just stand the... around. Yeah, he was like yelling, "Killer, killer!" <laughs> and then he pulls out the knife, and he's like, "Oh wait, what's the knife for?" I would have thought, being everything he said before, that he would have approved of the knife. Like, yeah, it's oh, like oh, my... they're really buying I'm... into it. Adding to the character, I like it. A little bit of improv here, I like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they just stand around yelling at the idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it it's it's funny. And you know, instead of like helping her or anything, they're just like, "Where's the key?" <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> it's like stay away from the light. But where's the key? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so they start banging on the metal door, 
Uh, and this setup, is... this setup is terrible. Because if a fire breaks out, and you need this key, you're you're all screwed. <laughs> yeah, there's not even like a fire exit or anything. Like they're literally locked in from like all exits. The only door in the building. Like this is illegal. If <laughs> if they if they if they survived this, there's no way like Peter wouldn't be, you know, serving time. <laughs> I think the cops might lose their jobs too. Well, that too. Well, I don't think I don't think they approved of them being locked in. No, but they were there the whole night and didn't hear a peep. Yeah, I guess. Um. So it's funny how they're like, all right, we got to stick together because we, we got to, you know, probably like the, the most reasonable thing, like just to stay in the room overnight. And then, you know, the police would be suspicious of somebody, you know, they'd be like, well, no one came out of there and it's been 20 hours. So let's go in and check. Yeah. You know, just just hide out in the dressing room all night. No, it was um, funny because they had this great idea to stick together. But then like two seconds later, they're like. Oh, we gotta go get the key. So two of us are gonna go. <laughs> well, not not only that, but before that, they leave the money guy behind. <laughs> yeah, and he gets he gets killed, hung upside down, and then yeah, you're right. They're in the dressing room, and it's like stick together. All right, we're for two seconds. <laughs> because Alice is like, I can't go because my ankle hurts. <laughs> so, well, you, you know, are you like, staying you know here? What? You know what? You can suck it up for a quick five-minute walk. And she technically shouldn't even be there because she got fired. Well, not only that, but <laughs> she 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 was willing to like go through with the play. So it's yeah. like if if you're willing to go through the play, you can walk five minutes in this direction. Let's move yeah. on. You know. <laughs> so it was uh, too far walk so this is funny when um someone is like apparently picking the lock or whatever and it's like all right we're gonna stand up against the door we're gonna keep the the killer out and he kind of just corkscrews uh no he reaches in chokes mark and then he like screws him to death pause uh good stuff so I I don't know. You had like this drill or whatever it was. Yeah. And like, why are you all by the door? <laughs> and then Yeah. When he's being choked, I'm like, these are the worst people to help. <laughs> they're just they're not doing anything. Yeah, no one knows how to help anybody here. Um it reminds so me someone... of talk to me. Um you mean like um, these characters don't know how to help anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I could see that to the extreme. Um, so I, I, I like the uh, like the the stuff on the catwalk. Um, yeah, they show that if someone's like walking above them, and whatever they like have like a chase scene on the catwalk, and it's pretty great. Um, kind of reminds me of like Halloween three. And um, invasion of the body snatchers in a in a, yeah. in a sense, it's not necessarily a chase scene in those movies, but it reminded me of that. Um, so 
Alice deserves to die here because she's so, so she tries to climb the ladder with this stupid messed up ankle or whatever she has and you know she's like hey slow down so she grabs the girl in front of her and then uh the girl like kicks her and she passes out somehow doesn't die in like you know passing so it's like i don't know like if i'm killer and i'm like trying to kill as many people as possible i'm like oh this is just a an easy kill right here i'm just gonna gonna take this one and chalk it up to you know a, a team kill yeah so I, I don't know um yeah i don't know why she even kicked her <laughs> yeah I, I don't know and there's like this um like hidden room at the top of the catwalk and they go in the room and they think that the killer's in there but there's this cool shot where you see the killer like um watching them go into that room and this is where um i guess brett gets killed i thought he was already killed but you said that they kill him here yeah and yeah they uh beat him to death with a pickaxe because they think he's the killer <laughs> but then it's revealed to be brett so or brett uh sybil I, I like how she's kind of like pulled through the floor mm-hmm. and she was but, the most you, know, one. you know speaking of not doing anything um they they see her get pulled through the floor they see i think he's using a chainsaw at this point they see the killer like you know killing her they kind of just watch and <laughs> well that's what she they gets watch. for watching watching them during the crises yeah that's true but they kind of like just watch her for a bit and then decide to run away yeah I don't know. It, it it's funny i like how uh you know danny tries to like enact his revenge here and then uh quickly gets dispatched as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and then this is where um, Peter and Laurel escape. And I guess, like, at this point, the body count's just, like, raising. Like, this, we're at mm-hmm. the point of the movie where it's just, like, we gotta get a, a kill count going. Uh, Peter... People. Peter is, like... I don't know. He's, like, trying to negotiate with the killer and is, like... I'll, I'll give you what you want. He throws Laurel at the killer. <laughs> she just gets like <laughs> splashed with a chainsaw. Um, and then he's like trying to negotiate with the killer. And, you know, he's not having it. He, the, the, the killer cuts his arm off. And then, um, yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, the chainsaw runs out of gas or something, or, you know, whatever happens to chainsaws. <laughs> Um, the engine blue something like that whatever happens (laughs) but um whatever stops a chainsaw from working that's what that's going on here (laughs) yeah that's what happened um but yeah she uh or the killer like ends up cutting his head off and great so Mm -hmm. you know peter the other antagonist of the film is uh dispatched here okay it's finally gone so Alice, like I said, somehow lived and Laurel is like hiding in shower. 
and Alice ends up finding her. They're like hiding in different showers, but the killer ends up finding Laurel and just like stabs her. That's pretty great. You know, there might be some stakes here if this was the pregnant woman, but. You know, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Just a completely stupid plot. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if it wasn't for my notes, I would have no idea who these girls are. So I'm thankful that I, <laughs> I tried to keep notes during the movie to kind of keep track of who was dying because mm-hmm. I was just questioning myself. I'm like, wait, was that the pregnant woman? But Sybil was the pregnant one, not Laurel. Sybil was the one that got pulled down into the into the floor. Yeah. Uh, probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie where the killer is kind of on stage, just like, he arranged the dead bodies. Oh, yeah, that part's great. Um, he has the bodies, like, arranged. He's he's just chilling with Lucifer, kind of, like, reveling in his work. And, yeah, it just looks amazing. Uh, he even has, um, like, he ends up blowing feathers <laughs> to kind of, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, it's just neat how he, like, quickly just adapted, like, persona of an owl <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, I am guess, this owl now I guess during the screenings at uh, the premiere or whatever they had people like in the catwalk or whatever throwing feathers down <laughs> oh I like that yeah I do too clean up Hopefully the sucker like I want to find this movie in like a theater somewhere and I'll just be like the idiot in the back throwing feathers everywhere. <laughs> With an owl mask. Yeah, I like it. Alice is, uh, she sees the key in the stage somehow. What, what, a, what a weird place for a key. Not only is it like a hazard, like if someone steps on it, it's going to impale their foot. But it's like, why are you, yeah. just, just, just why? It's like just in between the wood on the stage sticking like just point up. It's on her, I guess. <laughs> So she um, goes underneath the stage and is, like, going to get the key to escape. But the music stops and the killer hears her. And this jump scare here, and there's one earlier, too, that I didn't mention. uh, When, I think it's Laurel, like, ducks down or something in the mirror. And then the killer standing behind. No, it's Brett. It's Brett, because that's when he disappears. Uh, Brett, like, ducks down, and then the killer standing behind him. So, yeah, there's this, there's that one, and then this one, when um, Alice is, like, backing up, and then the killer, like, just jumps behind her and grabs her. Um, yeah. And she's somehow able to stab him. <laughs> the gun is out of bullets, which will come back later. Um, technically, it's not out of bullets. It's, uh, the safety's on, which yeah. Willie makes it. Cl- Willie makes it very clear at the end of the movie that that's what happened. <laughs> Is over and over again. On? Yeah. So hmm. uh, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, she goes back up on the catwalk. Uh, she fights him off with a fire extinguisher, and he's like holding on to a cord, and she's like chopping the cord with the axe to kind of, like, Mm -hmm. break it. Uh, He ends up falling down. 
and uh oh yeah like a, a br- that brutal landing fall. that landing yeah. I was, when i watched i was like oh <laughs> yeah that, that like his head smacks off of the table and it's like there's no way he didn't just crack his neck it's like a fall <laughs> from uh from terror train like the original one <laughs> we we talk about this we talk about this this death a lot but like the ending of terror train when yeah the killer gets thrown out of the train and falls onto the rocks <laughs> just yeah just so you so you know they're dead <laughs> same with um, um butcher baker nightmare maker <laughs> oh with the uh exploding car at the beginning of the movie yeah yeah. Just so, so you know, she, these people are done. <laughs> so, but here it's revealed that uh, he was not done. Killer, he was not done. Um, he's still alive, but then he gets burnt again. And here's my problem with this ending. I lost track of how many movies, how many slasher movies end with the killer being burnt to death. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. Like, um, like countless. Is it, uh, like, which ones? Am I, like Halloween two, obviously is is one. Halloween um, two, um, Nightmare on Elm Street one. Uh, isn't there one of like the Silent Night Deadly Night movies? I think it's the witch one. I think ends in something like that. I think so. Um, Hospital Massacre, I think, ends in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not not curtains. That's not one of them. Uh, is it to all a good night? Is that one that has like a burning scene in there? It's it. It, I don't know. it seems like it seems like there's a lot of slasher movies that Chucky was burned. Use this as like an easy escape to mm-hmm. kill the killer. Which I mean, yeah, it makes sense because it's like did, I don't think Jason was burned. Ever was he? Um, for some reason, I remember seeing him on fire. And well, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy, yeah, but I, 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 that doesn't really count for what we're talking about. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I it just maybe it's not as much as I think it is, but it seems like there's a lot. It seems like yeah, it seems like it happens a lot. I think it's just because it's like an easy way to kill your killer without like killing them. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like a, it's like a bad enough injury to think they're dead, but also it's like, you just, they could have, could, could have survived some burns. Yeah. The strangers, <laughs> you know, the, the burning, obviously that's one of them. Yeah. That's the beginning of the movie though. That's the origin story. So anyway, um, She's uh so so Alice is uh you know obviously the media has to show up to get an account for <laughs> second time this second time tonight they're uh <laughs> back at the back at the theater to get a report. So I, I I texted you about this earlier and it's it's weird. Oh yeah, because... I was stuck because I didn't pick it up. So it seems like this addition was thrown into the movie at the last minute. And I think that's how it kind of like slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ev- everybody knows that like Irving Wallace did these killings. Um, you know, it even has a name, the soundstage massacre. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that wasn't an alternate 
title for the movie. I don't know, we got three of them. <laughs> yeah. So, in the newspaper reports, it's uh, revealed that eight bodies were found, but if you count all the victims, there should have been nine. And Irving Wallace wasn't the bot was the one who wasn't found. So, you know, first off, how would anyone know this is Irving Wallace? Yeah. And why and why isn't it in the report that he's still at large? Because that would be a a major point. <laughs> you know, because I could see them knowing that it's him because he escaped from the mental hospital. So uh-huh. you know, you you can kind of give it that. But it's like. You know how, like, speaking of Halloween 2, they mentioned on the news report that, like, the killer's still at large. Like, there were so-and-so amount of killings and the killer's at large. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, I don't know. Say that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but it's it's just a stupid twist that the killer's still alive, but then um, Willie, who is the security guard, was previously telling Alice that the safety was on in the gun, and it had bullets. You just had to turn the safety off. So, I don't know. It's it it it's um like it could have ended already. Uh, yeah, we ends up this killing extra, extra scene. He ends up killing. Well, he ends up shooting uh, the killer in the head, and is like repeatedly saying like right between the eyes. And yeah. It's it's like I, I I just don't understand what this movie's getting at at this point because it's almost like a dream state that she's in. So maybe it didn't happen, but they uh-huh. don't say they don't imply that either. It's just a bunch of weird dialogue, like him going on about right between the eyes, and it's like all right. Like then again, <laughs> but then again, it's revealed that the killer is still alive because he smiles at the camera. And then we cut, yeah. back, we cut, we cut back to the play. <laughs> the music starts pumping again and the credits roll. So it's like, I don't know. It could have ended at the first death and that could have been it. Cause it's not like they followed it, followed it up with a sequel or anything. Yeah. That's so, how they should have ended it. Unless they wanted a sequel, know. but just didn't do it. I don't know. I I guess I like to think that. Well, it, it's dumb if you think about it that way too. That the final part was a was a dream because that's dumb too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's really the only part of the movie that I don't like, but I don't know. Overall, I love this movie, so I can't complain too much. Um. Yeah. I think that's, that's all a good, I got for this. Very good. A very good yeah. movie. Um, it's uh, going to be in my yearly rotation. So maybe monthly. Monthly maybe, rotation. Maybe daily. Maybe daily rotation. Like that, like that girl on Letterboxd with bones and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is great. And yeah, I... um. If uh, you know you're interested in more JLO movies, I recommend uh, like Tenebrae and Opera as your uh, next delve uh-huh. into the genre. They're both Dario Argento movies, and 
I feel like um, he's kind of like the basic Jallo guy. So yeah, uh, like last night in Soho and Malignant kind of you know paid tribute to the Jallo genre, but didn't really go all the way with it. Um, but yeah, Tenebrae is amazing. I love that one. How do you spell that? E E N B R E, I believe. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Uh, kind oh, of like in what's that from nineteen eighty two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this Yeah, it's a phenomenal film. Uh, opera, like I said, is another good one. It has like a killer who like tortures. Uh, people by putting like needles on their eyes so they have to witness whatever's happening. Mm. And like, if you clo- close your eyes, like you get needles in your eyes. So don't close your that? eyes. Yeah, don't close your eyes. All right. Uh, would you like to jump into our weekly recommendations? Mm-hmm. It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. I heard the acapella version again. Yeah, it's uh, you know, not not picking not not picking up uh, music for some reason. So um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm right now. I'm reading the news reports for Miramax buying the rights to Halloween. Um, oh. So I don't know. It's like. I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, they're planning like a TV series and a cinematic universe. And it's like, what the heck are you doing with this Halloween cinematic universe? Unless you oh, find a way to. <laughs> All the Michaels from all the timelines. They better not. Um, James Jude Courtney said that. Uh, the people over at Trankus. Uh. Oh, he said no. I, I I totally misread what he said. Never mind. Cancel that. Um, but yeah, Miramax bought the rights to Halloween. It's I don't know. They they don't need they don't need uh, a TV series. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want a TV series either. I don't really like TV shows. Um, well, um, in our Halloween Five episode, we'll delve more into this. Yeah, I think that, I think that'll be a good episode for that. All right, so what would you like to recommend? I am going to recommend the Phantom of the Opera from two thousand four. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good movie. Staying on topic with stage. Okay. Yeah, I thought this movie was brilliant. You know, uh, Gerard, Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler that, I believe. Yeah, Gerard Butler, Emmy Rossum, and Patrick Wilson. Hmm. I was shocked to see Patrick Wilson sporting a wig. <laughs> well, I don't I know if he might have he had his hair long. But yeah, it's about, yeah, 
and Phantom lives under, and the sewers underneath the Paris Opera House, and he falls in love with Christine, and tutors her, and helps her become a better singer, and terrorizes the Opera House, and she starts falling in love with her childhood friend and him at the same time. Ooh, a bit of a love triangle. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. But it's a brilliant movie, and I was shocked that 90% or like 80% of the dialogue was singing. Yeah, it's um, one of those yeah, movies. It's literally a musical. <laughs> yeah, like they sing 90% of the time, but I still liked it. They kind of did that within yeah. the Heights, too. Okay, yeah, I've never seen it. All right, yeah. Um, that is a pretty good movie. Um, I haven't seen it in, like, years, so uh-huh. I, don't, I don't remember too much about it. But It's like the setting, it's just so elegant. Elegant and, and gothic uh... at the same time. I like it. Elegant and uh, cute. Mysterious. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to recommend. Uh, is this our next episode? I'm about to recommend. It might be. I'm going to recommend the new Blumhouse film, uh, Totally Killer. Which, it is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, is our next episode, so I'm not going to get too much into the details. But um, it's about this uh, killer who uh, kills people. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, involves time travel and going back uh-huh. to the 1980s. Uh, the killer who kills people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the uh, this, this girl goes back in time to uh, like solve a murder... And it kind of like affects the current timeline and whatnot. Is her her mother gets killed and whatnot, so that she goes back in time to figure out who the killer is. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, the best uh, the, the the best Blumhouse movie to be released on October sixth. Yeah, the best <laughs> um best horror movie to be released on October sixth. I'm looking at you, Exorcist Believer. I can rank them Pet, right now. Pet best. Cemetery Bloodlines. Well, that one was okay. All right, give, me, give me a ranking of the horror movies that came out on October 6th. All right, best one's Totally Killer. And then after that, it is Pet Cemetery. And then VHS 85. Because I, I think two of the stories were like, I had this connection with two of them. And then, yeah, The Exorcist, Believer. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't finished VHS. I haven't seen Pet Cemetery. So. The last VHS story with the um, director from Sinister. That one was very good. Okay. 
and the first one. Okay. All right. Yeah, interesting. All right. Um, all right, I think that's all I got for this episode. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of scrolling along to read the Halloween news that I missed as of the recording. It, I don't know. It's okay, apparently it's Miramax just landed the TV rights to the franchise and not the film franchise. Huh. I don't know. It's it's stupid. A twenty four would have been a nice um like a breath of fresh air. Essentially. Yeah. And A twenty four is like the only um uh studio that I would have trusted to give like a director enough creative control to make a movie like the 1978 one. Like, even though, um, even though David Gordon Green's first Halloween film was kind of similar to that, it's still like up the body count and had to be like a faster movie. Like a 24 would be the production company to go to if you were doing like a slow burn story. So I don't know. We'll talk about all this in a couple more weeks. Hopefully more information comes out by then. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, like we said, next week we're going to be discussing uh, Totally Killer, the newest, uh, the newest and best Blumhouse film. And um, Yes. Yeah. All right, so if you want to follow us on social media, you can on Instagram. We are at Santamira After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santamira AD Pod. Until next time, I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven, and curfew is now in session.